Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and this week's guest is Brad Bores with Brad Bores Films. Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good to see you, Anthony. Welcome to our super professional setup with headphones and everything. Headphones, video, lights. All of that. I was not expecting all this. Well, people don't usually expect super professional out of me, but that's where (laughs) Nick comes in and makes me look good and sound good and all those other things, and I obviously need all the help I can get. Well, thanks for being with us as part of your busy schedule. I know you've been working on stuff with us and other stuff and tending to your family and all those things. On this podcast, as I think you know, we talk about career path, and yours is super interesting, so I want to focus on that. And then we'll talk a little bit about your company and then some of the stuff you're working on. So career path-wise, you have lived in other places, but you've come back somewhat close to home. So take us from growing up in Ohio to moving to L.A., to coming back and now living in Whitley County and shooting stuff in Indiana and Ohio. How did all that happen and start wherever you'd like to begin? Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) Well, as far as, you know, career path, my journey has almost been more like a career river. I've just kind of been floating down um, and things have just sort of, you know, I guess I've always kind of just taken paths of the least resistance when it comes to career. I've never really been, you know, just very aggressively pursuing career-minded stuff, you know. And as far as the the journey from Ohio to L.A., I guess I went to Bowling Green State University in Ohio and I I think I changed my major too many times to count. So but. what were some of the things you thought you were going to pursue? And I say this as a one-time accounting major who ended up as an English major. So what what did that look like for you? Yeah, it was I guess coming out of high school, it was it went from more practical and not knowing who I was and what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but just going to college, it started with business mm-hmm. as a major, um, which is kind of yeah. like the the undecided. Ex- that sounds like you know what you're doing, but you really don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. And <laughs> yeah. super practical, you sure, know? Sure, sure. And then, um, you know, my creative side really started to get kind of, I just started to figure it out in college, you know, getting coming out of a small town. Um, a lot of times you're a late bloomer, figuring mm-hmm. out, you know, who you are, what you want to do, mm-hmm. who you want to be. So it started business, and then it, like, slowly transitioned to fine arts. Okay. Um, So it was, like, VCT was kind of in the middle, which was, like, kind of practical, kind of creative, visual communication technology. Yep. Um, And that, you know, when I started taking those classes with uh, photography, graphic design, they just sort of did a hodgepodge of kind of visual communication. Sure. Um, Like, photography and graphic design – really drew me in and we took uh like electives in the art building in photography and graphic design and as soon as i took like a couple intro classes i was like i need to be in that building okay because it was just more exciting sure uh you know there was no interest in commerce yeah almost to a fault yeah sure the way the fine arts programs were at bg then it was all about the craft and yeah super pure idealistic kind of outlook that really drew me in at the time being young and 
So, and then the video film side came in. Um, we had a project and it was in photo, but they would do video like for a semester. Um, and then that really, you know, I was into the photography side of just uh, um, my major being picked, but doing that video, that really drew me in. I didn't want to change my major at the mm-hmm. time or whatever. Yeah. To You're too far along film to school switch gears. Yeah. And yeah, so I just graduated photographic design, uh, fine arts degree, Okay, kind of knowing um, and I had worked on a documentary my senior year as like kind of a senior project. So okay. when I graduated, I knew I wanted to be doing filmmaking, yep. documentary type stuff. So so at the time was the technology, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember a time where shooting photos and shooting video not only was better with, but required separate pieces of equipment. Is that true when you get started or is it you know, pretty much flip a switch and you can make both work. Oh, back, I mean, I was in college um, in technology years, you know, just ions ago. Yeah, yeah. Early 2000s, and you couldn't really produce a cinematic-looking video mm-hmm. with a video camera. It mm-hmm. still had to be shot on film. Yeah. The video cameras looked and felt super video, like mm-hmm. Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah. So, and then photo was kind of the the photo cameras were a little ahead of video cameras for mm-hmm. digital. So there was some cameras then that looked decent, yeah. but the program at Bowling Green was all film because yep. it was so kind of arts, mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. art driven. So, yeah. so I, I didn't even have a phone in college. Yeah. I like kind of prided myself on being very anti-technology, sure. whatever sure. you want to call it. Yeah. Um, a purist. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. in the that program, just, you know, in the dark room, mixing mm-hmm. chemicals. So in the video stuff that I did, we were using super cheap, terrible quality cameras. And it was, you know, there, it, it didn't seem like there was any, like, accessible technology like there is now mm-hmm. to create anything that looked professional or... So yeah, it was just a completely, completely in photo and video weren't as integrated back then. I would yep. say, yeah. especially from a you know kind of commercial professional standpoint, where mm-hmm. more so now, video people do photo, yeah, and vice yeah. versa. So yeah. it's a completely different landscape. So so you discover an interest in um, video near the end of your time in college, you do some work, and then what happens when, when you finish at, at Bowling Green? Well, I graduated, and I I had no interest in doing anything professional. I wanted to do something kind of wild and just um, more based on the experience of knowing. I guess I always I wanted to do something like that, but I always knew, you know, like a day and a time would come when I would settle down and get get to work yeah. so to speak yeah. yeah i knew it wasn't then i was like sure. i want to you know i'm in my early 20s mm-hmm. i don't want to look back and regret yeah this time and uh, i just you know had built up the confidence to sort of i think i was going on like 
a couple summer road trips when I was in college with buddies. Like we went out West. That's the first mm -hmm. time I went out to LA and like that just kind of empowers you. Like, yeah. we, you know, we, we printed out MapQuest, just got in the yeah. car, called yeah. our moms in like, Texas, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> told them we were heading, you know, so yeah. doing that. And when I graduated, I said, I'm just going to pack up the car and just mm -hmm. head out there solo. It's such a, you know, cliche kind of mm -hmm. move, just moving out to LA. But for me, like just wanting to kind of like not think so professionally. And I, you know, I had a professor and his son had moved out to LA, so I didn't really know him, but I had that connection. And he was a film major at Ohio University. And my professor was like, you know, for the type of person you are and where you're at in life, what you want to do, it's a great city because you just freelance, you can, mm -hmm. you know, just work as a PA on film shoots. Yep. Um, you can, you know, do, I did very random odd jobs. Uh, just, you know, when I first moved out there, just moving furniture and yeah, I really just wanted to, it was almost like I always, even when I was in college, I was like, should I have just blew off college mm -hmm. and into art school? Yeah. Like, do I even need this? Sure. And should I just be living? So post-college years were sort of like, let's, live those years of like you never went to college sort of the ultimate yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. sort of just figure things out sure so so sense. work at that point is secondary it's yeah. you're doing it to get yeah. by but you're really yeah. just experiencing but, different parts of the country yeah. and yeah and i i don't there was no it wasn't premeditated but i was working just tons of random odd film related jobs in la i would bounce from being a pa uh, in the camera department, just as a grip and gaffer. Then I got a job in post-production. I worked for a couple of film festivals, just kind of behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, and anytime I would get going with something and I would see like kind of the career path, you know, I'd talk to the older people in any of those sort of realms. And I was like, I don't want that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So then I would just try the next thing. And, um, yeah, and it, the whole time I think, you know, I wanted to make, like, documentaries and independent films, so, but I just, you know, I was young, I didn't know what I wanted to say, and mm -hmm. the technology with the cameras wasn't there, so there was a little bit of a, you know, sort of a wall that, you mm -hmm. know, you couldn't get through, so, you know, it was it was just a good era, I just learned the craft of filmmaking and, uh, you know, just had fun and, and, and I had no, uh, agenda for a career, you know, yeah. it was like, I kind of had this idea, like I will probably eventually move back to the Midwest and try yeah. to, but I didn't, you just, did, I didn't have the foresight to know that the cameras like 10 years ago from now that I could do what I do now Yeah, on sure. my own sure. in the Midwest and yeah. have a kind of a boutique production company and yeah. So, so, so how long are you in LA and, and when and why do you decide to move back to the Midwest? Oh, I want to say it was around like year five <clears throat> that I was in LA and I was, I had been the sort of the last jobs I had were working for film festivals and that really just seeing all these filmmakers present their films, win awards, if that's like what you wanted to do, it's sort of a great job to get you kind of a little angsty and inspired mm -hmm. because it's like, you're just behind the scenes, like helping 
run the event and yeah. you're watching these people succeed. So They're doing was, the thing you want yeah. to do, yeah. So that yeah. really kind of just got me knowing, like, I want to go out and, like, shoot, like, a sort of a passion project film. That was kind of going on. I also had a boss at the post-production house I worked at. And this was before I worked for the festivals, and he he gave me the advice. I was always kind of angsty and just kind of L.A. The first couple of years was, like, fun and different. But then once it got normal, I just, you know, all the annoyances and just sort of things that can be, you know, to a Midwesterner just a... All the negative things yes. you typically hear yeah. about L.A. Yeah, yeah they I was, came I was true. always complaining yeah. to my boss, and he's just like, maybe you should just move back to the Midwest. And he's like, you know, you want to make films. Like, he's like, you're, you, you stay here, you're just going to, you know, find a career and be an editor and be mm. a senior editor. and Maybe you can get a house out in the valley, but he's like, you're not going to make a film. Yeah. You know, he's like, you're going to get family at some point. And he's like, then that you know if you're working here and you're in LA like that door shuts like, yeah it's cost of living and yep so you know he planted that seed in my head and then um I was working for the film festivals after that and just kind of had this feeling like I'm at some point I, I can't just do it I'll feel like a failure but something kind of has to like give me a reason to leave this city yeah and I, I'm going to try to keep this very long story short. Um, I met a gentleman who was volunteering for one of the festivals. And he was a boxer in his younger years. He was in his 40s. He had an amazing story about his life. And he was kind of at this point where he was having a midlife crisis and trying to reach out and get in contact with a few of his estranged children. So... And he wanted to box again. So all this is happening at the festival. And I'm, you know, at this point where I'm just like bubbling to make a film. Yeah. So it's just like light bulb goes off. Like yeah. this guy, that's the type of film I want to make, like a character study, mm -hmm. just like something really intimate, something that's really just got some, just got like some heart to it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just started filming him, like, as he sort of was, like, calling up, you know, people to get in touch so with So he's out kids. in L.A. Yeah, you we, meet him out in L.A. Yeah. Where is, where are his kids? Where is his yeah. home base? Well, that's what happened. So his youngest son was in New Orleans. Uh -huh. He had lived in New Orleans yeah. years past okay. when, his, when he had his son and stuff. So he ended up moving back to New Orleans once he was able to make contact with his son so then I had been filming him for a few months at this point. So I said, bingo, this is my ticket out of L.A. Yeah. Like, I'm shooting a film. Yeah. I'm not leaving with my tail between my legs. Sure. And and it's not the Midwest or Ohio, but it's New Orleans. It's like, you know, I'm headed that direction. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's You're headed in the right like, direction. It's, yeah. it's, I, I go to New Orleans and uh, shoot a film for two years. Like, that sounds great, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I was, like, funding the doc at this point, like off money I saved up. And when we went to New Orleans, I even started coming back to Ohio and working construction. I was able to get in on a union laborers job through my dad. Mm -hmm. So making like a great union wage, I would 
work for three weeks, go back to New Orleans, mm-hmm. shoot for two months. Um, that went on for two years um, to make the film. And <clears throat> so when that wrapped, like I knew New Orleans wasn't like the end stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I I was like, I have 400 hours of footage. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm indebted. Yeah. Credit cards. Yeah. That's some, motiv- that's some motivation to edit. Yeah, yeah right there. Yeah. Um, so then that road led me back to an opportunity to house it for my cousin who was teaching in Japan, okay. in Ohio. All right. So, you know, that she was going to be gone for two years. Uh-huh. All I had to do was, you know, tend to her house and the landscaping and keep the place from burning down. So yeah. um, just bunkered down there to edit the film. And then this is really when the cameras, when some of these DSLR cameras were coming out like early 20 teens. Um, so even the camera I shot the film when the bell rings on, like within a year was just like, a you know, was just like completely out of the, the current trend of the look, yeah. you know, it's just surpassed. So, as I was editing the film, I upgraded equipment and because um, I'm thinking like, okay, I made this film. Being back in Ohio, like real quickly made me think about and being, I think I was 30 that year, you know, so the kind of this dual uh, sort of realization, like oh, I do have to like have a job <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the honeymoon, yeah. in, the, yeah. in the hangover of New Orleans and shooting the film, you know, it's yeah. like you get back to reality and sure. the Midwest is it's about realists and about, you know, and that's, you know, the kind of the phases of my life being in LA in the early twenties, just such a cloud of, you know, it's just, just a cloudy city. It's Mm -hmm. like, you're so far from reality in all ways, shapes and forms. So coming full circle, being back in Ohio, it's like, um, yeah, I gotta make money. Yeah. And I don't want to stay on that union construction crew. Like, you know, yeah. So, um, I just started doing what a lot of people were doing at the time, shooting weddings. Uh-huh. I mean, that's like, you know, such a entryway to being a video creator. Sure, sure. Um, and and it kind of at the same time, finished the film, um, what, you know, and just shooting more stuff. And, you know, I guess people would, small businesses and organizations would ask for videos so i was just kind of shooting stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i think i was still working construction because it wasn't like i was killing it at any of that stuff i was more worried about the documentary than shooting a wedding sure sure (laughs) so it was you could call yourself a filmmaker because you were getting paid to do it but in itself it wasn't paying all the bills exactly yeah um so the film it went on to you know have a I mean, maybe, you know, when you go out and do this stuff, you want to be in Sundance, like winning awards and get, yeah. signing distribution deals and signing a deal for the next five films you're going to make. And so, I mean, you know, didn't hit that mark, but it hit somewhere in the middle. Sure. It played in, you know, dozens of film fests. Mm-hmm. It won awards. Yeah. It won the jury award at New Orleans Film Fest. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the kind of the peak moment. Yeah. Um, and it got like this kind of digital distribution deal, which, you know, wasn't gonna like, you know, buy me 
a house. Yeah, but sure. it was like you know little digital yeah. residuals monthly. Yeah. Just a very sort of like, you know, when you go out and make a film, like, especially how I was at that time when I started in my 20s, I thought this is going to, you know, I, I thought that, you know, and as you should, I thought it was going to be the Sundance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sure. and, and I will be there, you know, it'll all just happen. I'll be a professional yeah. documentary filmmaker. And, yeah. Um, it's, you know, it sort of hit somewhere in the middle. Um and it, which makes sense because that whole like realist sort of back in Ohio, like it was successful. Like you can watch it. It has made me money, but mm-hmm. I had to get something going, you know, that was going to be a career. Yeah. So it and, sounds like you thought it might be a launching pad, but it was actually kind of a, a milestone. And then you had to shift and decide what you're going to do next. Yeah. 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 So so you're doing some commercial stuff and I'm going to transition to talk about your company. When do you form your company? Why do you form your company and and explain what your company is if you wouldn't mind? Yeah. Um and your your company yeah. being primarily you, but yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean and which all makes sense because when I tell you how it was formed, there was no rhyme reason or plan. I guess you just I was submitting the documentary and shooting the weddings and And I was like saving receipts and the lady that was doing my taxes at the time, she's like, and I was like, I want to write all this stuff off. And I like put a, you know, grocery store bag of receipts in front of her. And she's like, you don't have a company. Like, (laughs) I was just still filing as an individual. She's like, you have to like (laughs) form an LLC. You you don't just write this stuff off. Yeah. And um, so I was like, oh, okay, well, let's do that. You Mm -hmm. know, so she helped me set up the LLC and then it was, you know out of just, you know, the necessity of wanting to write off the receipts. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure is a story for oh, so sure. many people. Sure, um, sure. And then, yeah, so, you know, and also the transition to Northeast Indiana, which the documentary was the, the film was the reason that I am in Northeast Indiana. It showed at the Cinema Center. Mm-hmm. And I met my now wife okay. at the screening that night. All right. And, you know, that's, I guess, the cool thing about, you know, making a film or life or whatever, I thought I had, you know, Sundance and all these kind of glitzy, high-level goals for this film. And then you look at, like, the real things it brings you, so unexpected and so, yeah, you know, just real stuff, like having the screening in Fort Wayne, meeting my now wife, yeah. you know, I, I'll give away Sundance and all that sure, stuff for like sure. the real stuff in life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, um, yeah. I mean, it was funny the night the film showed at the cinema center, <clears throat> the guy who was helping me, he was actually a Bowling Green student that helped me edit the film. And he, he lives in Ohio now, but he came out that night and I had been in Fort Wayne in like Oh four when I was in college mm-hmm. And, you know, it had changed a lot. This is yeah. like 2013. Sure. Yeah. So it's changed to now. But I yeah. was like, man, this is such a cool city. I want yeah. to live here. Yeah. You know, we were just kind of joking around. Like, yeah. you know, I had lived in L.A. Like, we just drove in and parked, like, in front of the cinema center. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is a city where when you go somewhere, you just pull up and yeah. park and walk yeah. in. Yeah. And park <laughs> and, for yeah. free. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. So that night, I, you know, I made that joke. And then it was like, yeah, there was something going on. There was something in the air. Like, you know, you say that. 
you meet your wife, your film plays like, you know, it was a great, one of the best screenings we had, just a yeah. great reception. So, um, and I also had some connections where I was shooting video in Fort Wayne uh-huh. after that. So everything was just lining up, yeah. meeting yeah. Lindsay, having some business connections to shoot content. It all yeah. made sense. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so tell me what you do. I obviously know, so make believe I don't, but uh, you and I have worked together quite a bit. But tell me what you do for someone who doesn't know anything about you or your company. What do you do and, and why do you do it and how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, that's a question that's got uh, a lot of different answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, in one scenario, for how we work together, you know, I will be working through an advertising agency, Mm -hmm. creating video content for one of their clients. So there's tons of collaboration with an art director, um, with the actual client. Um, And yeah, it's fun. It's, you know, the shoots are always a huge collaboration. And, um, you know, I will usually kind of come in and a uh, concept will already be created, maybe some storyboards, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, bring in my sort of video cinematic outlook for it. And yep. um, and most of the time, you know, I'm shooting it. I'm taking it all the way through post-production to the final product. Sometimes just a shoot is needed and a client, you know, just wants the assets yep. to use. But typically, yeah, yeah I'm, shoot- I'm involved from pre-production kind of coming in and collaborating at that point all the way through the edit. Um, Other jobs, I'll work directly with a business, um, an organization or a company. And that's just depends on kind of their needs, kind of where they are. It's usually something like smaller, Mm -hmm. kind of niche startup. Yeah. or an organization that's so large that they have in-house internal marketing where they're working less with agencies altogether. So it's kind of, you know, those three kind of facets. And then, um, you know, I'm also still shooting. I haven't shot like a large kind of feature length documentary, but I'm shooting short documentaries all the time, which is even more kind of fun and creative and, liberating than the big endeavors. Um, Yeah. So, so what are some of the, and and don't feel obliged to talk about stuff you've worked on with me or Asher for that matter, but what are some of the, the projects that you take the most pride in that you've done, you know, on the, on the commercial side, obviously your documentary is something you take pride in and that work, but on the commercial side, what are some of the projects that are, are most aligned with what you'd like to do and why is that? Yeah, well, I will start off by, and not just flatter you, but (laughs) it is one of the cooler projects that I've done commercially. Um, The series we did for Ivy Tech. Yeah, that was super fun. Yeah, yeah. And Um, just to to set this up a little bit, we worked with, Brad and I worked together to capture stories of the faculty of the year at all of, I believe, 19 Ivy Tech campuses throughout the state, and then a compilation video. So 20 videos, all shot within the period of, I think it was like six weeks. Everything from scheduling 
the faculty members and students to editing and actually being at the event and pushing the button to show the videos. So what, what was what was unique or special about that one for you? Well, <clears throat> there was a few things, you know, and I would say the biggest thing was it was a perfect sort of hybrid for me of documentary storytelling, but done commercially mm -hmm. or with a commercial kind of with the final product being in that vein. Yeah. Um, because it was just telling these students' stories and how these professors at different Ivy Techs inspired them. So it really, we weren't, you know, we were just capturing these stories. And a lot of times, you know, on a commercial shoot, it's just very, you know, you're selling something. Yeah. And I mean, we were capturing like the essence sure. of Ivy Tech. But sure. It's, it's sort of that perfect sort of hybrid of like, you know, working for an organization or a corporation, but also just pure great storytelling. Yeah. And just, just completely unscripted going in. I mean, one of the things that was um, terrifying, but worked out really well is we never really knew what we were getting. We knew that these people were obviously great, you know, professors, but we didn't know how good they were going to be on camera. We really didn't know what their stories were. And it just all kind of came together. That was either good luck or the stories were that good that they overshadowed <laughs> any problems we had. But yeah, yeah, I would say that in, in my career, that's one of my favorite projects I've worked on. What else comes to mind? What are some of the other stuff you've worked on that, that you like a lot? Um, something I did a while ago, and I think it was <clears throat> maybe 2014. Um, it's for a lighting company in Cleveland, Ohio called Hinkley. And they commissioned a <clears throat> large kind of exterior sculpture artist to do some corporate art for their headquarters. And they wanted to make uh, a short film about this guy doing this project for the, the lighting. Uh, his design was like a lighting, yeah. abstract lighting sculpture. So it was right when, even when, when I got the job, I maybe had just set the LLC up. Like I didn't feel like I belonged. Yeah. You know, I was kind of like going up to, the, you know, it was a, it was a first corporate yeah. kind of shoot, you know? So it was just a huge, for me, like pulling it off and it turned out so great and um, having the confidence to just, you know, they gave me no guidance. They really, and I credit to them for allowing it to be just sort of like this kind of, honest kind of story of this sculptor and yeah. you know how he came to so they put themselves this. a little yeah. bit in the background yeah. yeah and um so yeah so it was just great growth for me on that job and i just you know i can look back on it and look at how it was shot and um you know it just totally kind of like the ivy tech job it just was like you know i felt like great filmmaking and it was for a commercial purpose yeah. and those two things can't exist and they, sure they don't always need to. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that I've learned, you know, and learned just in this Midwest being a realist sort of mentality is like every job's not going to be yeah. a documentary shoot. Like, yeah. And they don't need to be. Yeah. And you can't force that, you know. And sure. it's like they'll come and they'll go and there'll be some shoots that are a little more fluff and you just yeah. 
Well, and, and, and you and I have a similar background in that sense. You know, I was an English major and, you know, quickly realized that one of my very few skills is I can write fast and mediocre. So, you know, sometimes it should be poetry and sometimes somebody just needs 200 words that are comprehensible by an audience. And that's OK. It's yep. OK to get paid for that, too. So, yeah. 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 So um, I want to switch to sort of the speed round of the show. And I'm going to ask you three questions. I'm actually going to throw you a curveball. I think I've thrown everyone a curveball so far. So your curveball will be a little bit different. But I'll start with something um, we've already discussed, but I want to hear a synthesized answer. When you think about your path, your journey, if you will, what's your best piece of advice? Maybe it's for someone who's in a creative field, who doesn't know how that translates to the working world. Maybe it's somebody who is interested in a career of photography and video and they don't know what to do with that, or maybe it's just general good career advice. What's what's the best thing you've learned along the way? Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably the last person to be giving advice. Um, well, you've obviously done some yeah. things right. I mean, I mean, you've built a business yeah. from the ground up. You, you know, have plenty of work to sustain you and, and help sustain your family. Yeah. So, so you know something for sure. I mean, yeah, and I've taken sort of a, non-traditional, non, I guess, you know, my, I never had a plan. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some people that's, you know, the advice they give is to, you know, to not have a plan. I wouldn't give that to everybody. I think it's just kind of knowing, I guess in creative fields, especially kind of knowing who, finding out like who you are, what you have to say and, not and that's the hardest thing to do i think and if you can't get there and you're always trying to get there and maybe you're not completely but once you start to figure that out more um you're just you know you're gonna authentically be yourself and project that into your work yeah and you're not trying to do something else or be someone else and, yeah i mean that's worked for me and like i i you know i have not I've gotten to a point where I know, you know, what I can offer on every project. Like yeah. my, I sort of know my style, what's going to make me doing a video, what's going to make it different, not better, yeah. but than the next person and yeah. not trying to uh, copy or. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that leads me to the second quick question and, and you kind of led me here. What is it you think that you do differently? Again, maybe it's, maybe it's better, maybe it's just different, but what is it that you bring to projects that you think makes your work unique? Well, I would say I try to bring just myself and my, you know, my personality, just kind of an openness. Mm -hmm. um, I like to stay really open to everybody's feedback, whether it's the client or uh, somebody from the agency who's not in creative, just more layman's yeah. outlook. Like, I guess just staying open to like, sometimes you get so caught up in, you know, being the creative, the, the visionary, the filmmaker on set that you're so you're too in your head and you almost know too much where some sure. times that outsider's perspective, that layman's outlook is yeah. um, exactly what needs is needed to breathe some fresh air into sure. whatever's happening. So, I mean, that's, you know, 
something that I try to bring to a project, try not to get too caught up in, you know, sort of having a stranglehold on the vision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say, and I'll, I'll compliment you that I think one of the things that I like about working with you is, is you make it easy, but you don't feel like you're sacrificing anything in terms of quality. It's like, you can tell that you're bringing a, a creative eye to it, but you don't have to trip over all the stuff that that normally comes with, if I can say that. So it's, it's really, the ego is out of it. And it's kind of like, how do we make this the best end product? really inviting different perspectives, but at the same time, not getting hung up on the details, the details, you know, really organized and, and professional in that way. So I appreciate that for sure. All right, here's the curveball question. What are your favorite two or three documentaries and why? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's probably 10. Yeah. And I'm just going to pick the first three that yeah. pop into my head. Yeah. Um, undefeated. Okay. And... That came out before, right before my film did, like it was two years ahead. Yeah. I was able to get uh, put in touch with the filmmakers okay. from an old boss in LA. Yeah. I think they did their post in his uh, facility. So they were just editing their film and they were just kind of like, it was their first big film. So they were kind of peers like when he put me in touch with them and they were kind of giving me advice and I went on to see them like just kill it at the film fest and that film ended up winning the Academy Award. And um, I'm still in touch with those guys. It's a little harder to get a hold of them now. Yeah, sure, um, sure. But I think they appreciate that I don't like bug them or try to, you know, yeah. I'll just talk to them more casually. Sure. But um, yeah, so that film, and it's an amazing film outside of that but it was like just so cool to, to kind of know those guys and see their film blow up yeah so undefeated um another one would be it's like do i want to go recent or all time stuff <laughs> um i really if i just kind of go all time i love um uh, the Dylan doc, um, don't look back. Uh -huh. And I saw that like in college, I think, yeah. you know, it was by the Penny Baker brothers um, or the Maisel brothers, you know, just kind of some of the old school pioneers of mm -hmm. doc filmmaking, but yeah. seeing that Dylan doc, I mean, it made me get into Dylan mm -hmm. who I don't think I was into. And, just the, the the style of it, just being verite and just kind of handheld, mm -hmm. just following Bob Dylan around, um, seeing these intimate moments. Yeah. So that kind of style of filmmaking and that film just in general when I saw it was huge. Um, and then for number three, let's go to something a little... I could pick a few of those old classics, yeah. but I don't want to harp on those something i've seen well i'm i don't even know if i mean this is a netflix series that i just saw during the pandemic um it's like i think it came out last summer called lennox hill mm -hmm. and it's a series about um neurosurgeons at a, a hospital called lennox hill i think it's on like the upper east side in new york city and yeah it's you know netflix is putting out you know 
five new doc series a month. And a lot of them I think are kind of just kind of this fluff content. Yeah. But that one kind of, you know, going into it thinking, Oh, it's a Netflix series. Like it was the real deal. It was yeah, super raw and gritty just the way it was filmed and followed these guys lives and like a great story unfolded. Um, and it was just super, you know, all three of those films I mentioned are all like kind of following character studies, following these people. So, I mean, I, mean, I love, other docs that are more yeah. cultural, social, but sure. the, the favorites have always been the character studies, yeah. sort of these, where where some a plot sort of evolves while sure. it's being filmed. Sure, sure. So I, I I'm guessing you probably have ideas for documentaries in in your mind and something you're working on. So I assume it will be a character study of some kind. The next one you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm shooting a short doc right now mm-hmm. on. Uh, on a uh, kind of a profile on somebody local. So Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Cool. Well, Bradley, thank you for this. And thanks for all the work you do for us. It's a pleasure working with you. And it was great to hear more of your story. And thanks to anyone who took the time to listen to this. We will be back next time with another great guest. And we hope you will join us then. Mm -hmm.